Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. It is, I believe, episode 246, and I am with Jamal Collins. And if we were standing next to each other, we would nowhere near be each other's height. I'm 5'1", and he's 6'5", but I feel like I'm 6'5", and that's the thing I love about Jamal, is that no matter who's with him, he always is lifting them up, and he really does that with these kids. Sorry, Jackson had to have surgery on Monday, and that's why he's blocking my view and I don't have my glasses on. So hopefully I'll be able to read all my questions. Um, anyway, Jamal lives in Cleveland and I realized today I had Cleveland, I had Jordan Wong representing the last, the last show I did. And then I have you and then I have Lisa Lorick Quine uh, is uh, in two weeks. So it's the month of Cleveland. So yes. Cleveland is representing and it is a great town. If you guys haven't gone, it's tons of art stuff. And WMC Fest is there, and that's in August, so you guys should definitely check that out. All right, so we're going to get started. So, Jamal, you started as a designer. You I, you have a gift for helping people, especially kids. And I know you have seven kids of your own, which is a lot. Um, that's a blessing in itself, I think, uh, that you have that. Um, why did you go from working as a designer to um, how? what was not fulfilling about it and then and how did you get to working with kids? Uh, I want to say, actually, that corporate kicked me out. So <laughs> I started off as, you know, traditionally graduated from college. And, you know, the goal is to get a job, work your way up the corporate ladder, um, retire, and, I don't know, uh, live on a beach somewhere. So, um, unfortunately, the economy tanked, and I was forced out. So I salute anyone who's in the corporate sector. Like I have friends who've graduated in 96 because I graduated in 97. So I have friends who graduated in 96 and has been working the whole time, working their way up the corporate ladder, um, tooth and nail with clients and different companies and things like that. So I salute them. Um, unfortunately, I ain't had that benefit. So I was forced out and I had to reinvent myself and, try something new. So I started uh, volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club and it kind of evolved from there. So, But I think you found your calling. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I always feel like um, when things happen like that. So I went from um, working corporate also. This we I graduated in 96. So when I worked till 2000 and my boss was like, I think we're going to dissolve the marketing department. And I was like, and this was like two weeks after I started working there. I was like, oh, have I done something? But anyway, so I ended up going to school and I got my master's. And so I feel like, I feel like that's just the way God worked to kind of get me to do what I was supposed to be doing. And sometimes it's like um, somebody's knocking the whole time, but you wanted that corporate life, right? right and, but that right. just wasn't. And now you are, you have wings, like you were trapped under a <laughs> a sport coat before I think right right so exactly. so now so you started working you started volunteering at the boys and girls club and so what were you what were you doing and how like was that was that how did you know that that was something you wanted to pursue more full-time uh, so so I started volunteering and then they, they immediately brought me on as an art instructor so I'm in a tough tough area uh a lot of hunger issues, a lot of gangs. Um, so I'm teaching just basic painting, um, drawings, and some ceramics. And they kind of need a lot more than just that. 
because it's after school too. So you got to keep in mind that they've been in school all day long. The last thing they want is some structure after that, which they really need. So it was so weird that the second day I started, someone stole my car. So, and you know, I always tell this story because it's amazing. Because when I tell people this, you know, a couple of people said, well, I would have quit. This is the thing. Like if I would have quit, this is before the design program. We wouldn't even be talking right now if I would have quit. So it was a tough period because I had to walk. I'm not making a lot of money at the time. And, you know, it's just, this just builds tough skin. Sometimes you never know what's at the end. You just got to stick in there because you never know. Well, and you also, there was a, either a video or something or your story where you really made that decision. You were like, I, 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 my, that time, like, I think around whenever you were going to college, it was like cocaine got really big. And there were some of your friends were, that was their life choice was, Hey, I'm going to make money dealing drugs. Right. Yeah. And then you were like, Hey, I mean, how did you make that decision? Cause that seems like a pretty big, massive decision to make. And I think that's hard as a teenager to make that decision, especially if you didn't have, I don't know if your mom went to college or if you had a lot of, um, or if you were a first time college grad. Uh, I was a first time college student. Uh, my mother went later. Uh, my parents are still together. So I had a good upbringing. Uh, we live middle class. Uh, so I guess I was kind of fortunate to have that structure at home to not mm. be um, leading towards these ways because I had stuff. So it really wasn't no need to uh, really force myself into um, going in the cocaine route, but <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness. We also probably wouldn't be talking now. Well, what about, um, so did you play extracurricular activities? Were you always drawing as that a kid? Was the problem. No, see, that was the problem though. So I was into some stuff that I'm not too proud of because of it wasn't, I mean, it was extracurriculum activities and I kind of found out later. So what's so bizarre is now that you now, 2018 you can download your yearbooks mm. and kind of look at them at the library so I downloaded one I'm looking at all my friends and all of this stuff and I go to the extracurriculum activities and I just wasn't exposed to it I see the glee club soccer club this club like I was my mouth was on the floor because I have gave some <laughs> keynotes saying that it was no extracurriculum but it was so I didn't have that exposure I think mm. the most vital thing was and this is what I talk about a lot we had commercial arts but we had a beautiful voca vocational program. The thing was that uh, you need a good grade to get in there. And, mm. you know, a couple things like deter you from if, you're if your grades are bad, you automatically counsel yourself out if no one is exposing you and pulling you up there. Right. Um, you know, a, a, a thing that's kind of funny about the high school I went to, they had these posters. And on these posters, it said, if you want to go to college, you need all these um different grade not different grades but you need all these uh topics to get into college so i'm looking at it if you look at this this poster and you don't if you're not taking foreign language then you automatically think that you can't go to college yeah so yeah so, so it's bad I, graphic design from the get-go exactly exactly i felt like somebody from uh because i was in art one art two and then next you should go up to commercial arts commercial arts was high tech at the time this was before computers this was 87, 80, 87, 88. So they was doing airbrushing. Graffiti was brand new. Pop culture, um, break dancing, hip hop is brand new. So we all, you know, head over heels over the stuff. 
they're doing acrylic graphic, you know, not graphic design, but we was doing graffiti and stuff like that. No one from uh, commercial arts came down to visit art one and art two to even take us over there to expose us because mm-hmm. my parents is very supportive of anything I did. All I had to do was go home and say, look, Ma, I really want to get in there, get me in there. And we would have made it happen. But, you know, no one never exposed me. I just used to look at the door. Mm. So, yeah. So now you're kind of like fixing that for everybody else. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I'm the guy coming and saying, hey, look what's over here. Come on over here and check this out. All right. So let's just talk about this real quick. Pretty much this is what you're doing this weekend. And this is what I was promoting all week as well. And we did sell a bunch of tickets. I think there were like 16 tickets left. Okay. which I'm sure you could find when I, when it, when you go through, you could find, you probably could find 16 kids if you wanted to, to come yeah. down there and get these. So if anybody wants to do that, I'm going to put this link. It's $15. So you can give $15. You could buy the extra, the $20 ticket if you want, or you could buy two $15 tickets if you want. Anyway. So it's bitly. It's B I T dot L Y slash D R hyphen Jamal J A M A L. And, Tell them about this. So Spark 216 is what it is called. And pretty much it's, it's doing exactly what you said you didn't get, right? Right, 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 right. So Spark 216, 216 is our area code. And this is the design edition. And we kind of named it this because we possibly want to move this around and maybe change it to just photography edition. So this design edition is exposing the youth we roughly want to have ages between 10 and uh, I think it's 15 or 16. And this is exposing the youth to the design disciplines. And we got six disciplines. We got graphic design, we have web design, we have illustrations, we have photography and architecture. And at each of these tables, we have two design professionals and one volunteer. We're going to rotate this youth, uh, probably uh, 30 minute sessions. And this is like, not really no computers. This is all hands-on creative thinking. We're talking Legos, um, clay, and things like this, like really. And we're going to use personas at each table. So we give them a reference. So we say, this is SpongeBob. He needs a website. So they already <laughs> can identify with yeah. the target, and they can just crush from there. And we have a parent piece. And this is the most vital piece because I work with a lot of youth. I work with a approximately a hundred kids a month and I work with no parents because I'm always with the kids and that's the issue that I want to raise the bar up and get more parent engagement. I have some, but more parent engagement and let the parents know what they're doing, what they're working on, what their needs are and what they're looking for. Because I think, you know, kids are an investment. So the parents really need to invest and kind of really be the manager of your kid. He wants to work at Nike. I think it's the mom and pop. Uh, uh, responsibility. It's their job. Yeah, it's their responsibility to do some due diligence and find out where is Nike or it's in Portland. Who do we need to talk to? He's got these sketches and, and push your kid. Because right. the thing is that it's no, that's the issue is there's no jobs. It's no, these guys got to create the next jobs. You know, this is the, this is the life we're living right now. It's no resume and throw your resume in this pile over right. here and hopefully somebody from nike picks it up no it's creating this content and creating this this portfolio now and parents managing that no xboxes no playstations they need laptops computers drones right. they need to understand how to edit video and if the parents need to brush up on their skills and know what this is 
you know, uh, I don't want to go off on the tangent because I know you got some questions. No, I love the tangents. Go ahead. We can have you as a part two okay. another time. So keep okay, going. So, 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 you know, I kind of talk about like, it's like four levels of thinking. And then the first one is incompetent and unconscious. So mm. you don't know what you don't know. So the parents might not know, you know, that it's these computers and all of this. So it's really raising them up and getting them to know this stuff is accessible and what they need to do. Um, I have, so, so I teach at college level and these guys are kind of struggling with, you know, understanding my syllabus and asking me questions. And we got Google and I'm letting them know, like, look, the, the job industry is not going to uh, have you asking a bunch of questions. It's spoon, spoon feed. Exactly. Like I told guys, like, look, I was making upper, I was making almost 60 grand at a company and I ain't catch on quick enough. And I was out before the Christmas party. So I let them know. <laughs> but that's but that's a really important point. Like I feel like Jordan's coming and he's talking to students. We have our conference tomorrow, our AIGA student conference. And Scotty Russell talked there also. And he talked, they talked that they thought they were gonna be the one that makes it, you know, and and it was harder than they thought to get a job. And those were both really good designers. But it is, it is about how quickly can you pivot? How quickly do you pick up things? And so if you're picking up these things as a kid, 11, 15, whatever, then you're going to be able to pivot when the industry changes or when they stop using YouTube and they start doing something else. Exactly. You'll be able to pick up on those things. Exactly, exactly. Well, exactly. and you also are teaching um, videography, which is not something when me and you were in school, this is not, there was not, you were in radio, television, film, if you were doing video, right? Exactly. Right. So this is something we've had to kind of pick up on our own photography. You may have taken a couple classes, but it wasn't right. like you were doing the photography that you're doing now. Exactly. And one thing I've just seen from some of the videos that you've done is I think you kind of have this documentary edge, edge, sorry. And I have told you, and I connected you with my friend, Carl, who I want you to submit to some film festivals. Yes. Um, but like those things to me, they're really powerful when you, there's a one, and I don't know if you have this to show or not, or I'll find it and I'll link it up in the show notes, but there was, um, one where there, you kept driving by at night. There was a, a neighborhood. Right. Right. You want to tell right. them about that a little bit? Oh, uh, that's a, that's a, in my neck of the woods. I'm from East Cleveland and, uh, I do a commute from two locations and when I was driving past this area, I kind of documented this area that was uh, roughly like three or four blocks with no street lights, a bunch of abandoned houses and apartment complex. That video went viral uh, around the time it was up to like 11K and it got me on the news. Now it's up to 33,000 uh, views. And, and there was uh, just kinda... trash. There was just, I mean, trash in, in between the apartment buildings. I mean... Like yeah, big yeah. trash, like beds or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, some some developers had reached out to me and talked about that area. And they was used, I think some of that part that went viral, they was using this video as a proposal to get a grant to demo some of those buildings. So I may do an update because they com they completely cleared up like two or three blocks. So it oh, is some great. type of progress. Yeah. That's so. great because the kids were having to walk past this exactly. to go to school. Exactly. And that, and that your environment is, affects you. Mm -hmm. You know, they're already dealing with a lot of distractions. They're dealing with hormones. You already know what's going on with the teens. So, you know, all of this and on top of this, we have this bad stuff to look at. Like, we need to really need, like, you know, we need to uh, 
pull our creativity as much as possible. So we need to see parks and trees and water. And this is like, this is where the ideas come from to be able to think on your commute from school to, you know, my design lab. How are you going to do that? And you're running from, you know, you just kind of leery and watching your back and kind of got to live with this fear. It affects you. You know that. So Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> All right. So how many, so I had, what was your childhood like? Were, were you, how many kids were in your family? I'm the oldest and I have another younger brother. He's nine years younger than me. Nine years younger. Okay. Yeah. So um, how did you, well, we've already kind of gone over, I'm really terrible. Um, so you That's talked right. about, um, so your parents have been together the whole time. So what yeah. kind of was your dad was your dad or your mom entrepreneurial because it seems that kind of like what you're doing is you're really taking your own step you're that you said they were supportive but sometimes yeah. having an entrepreneur entrepreneurial um, mentor or parent yeah. it it makes it more realistic to do is that actually there weren't they both work <laughs> but you got to think you got to think about the time like we kind of still touching on you know the industrial mm -hmm. uh, era of being able to get a job so my father really didn't have to go to college he could just go get a good paying job what he did he just went after he graduated after he was in the army for a while he came home he got a nice paying job so did my mom so they didn't really have to have that i mean now you have to mm -hmm. so my parents just kind of both worked and i just had everything that a kid could want like i had a close-knit neighborhood we had a peach tree in the backyard Talk about this stuff. I had a Atari when it first came out, <laughs> you know, so I had, you know, stuff. So it was like, we was in a nice neighborhood actually. So, so then when you get into design and you're designing and did you have anybody that you looked up to in the field when you were, when you got your first job? Uh, I think I was just mostly leaning towards pop culture. So I was kind of heavy into hip hop and I was very inf inf heavy influenced by just the evolution of the web because mm. you got to think like this is flash is just coming out interactivity. We hitting DVDs, we hitting MP3s is brand new. Mm -hmm. So all of this technology is really coming real fast. So I was kind of like just motivated from, you know, kind of maybe CD covers and, you know, DVD covers and, you know, new websites and flash and all that kind of stuff like that. No one really in particular, like I can't really think of anyone that I knew personally, like an older designer coming and say, Hey, right. Right. Cause that's the issue. Like I had to kind of figure this corporate stuff out, which was horrible. Like, because I didn't really have nobody to help navigate me. Right. through. You know, I worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers for 10 years. It was horrible. My manager hated me. I hated them. And, you know, I think the thing was, like, it's kind of funny, like, people really have jealousy and envy towards you and really see that you can really be somebody. So they want to hold you back. So you got to mm -hmm. be careful. Like, I kind of talk about, like, I was, I was, uh, heard someone say, talk about genius. And they were saying, like, we all, like, if you talk about Einstein, Einstein has a brain just like us. So it's really no difference between me being a genius and him. And somebody was kind of saying that, like, even Einstein would get lost sometimes when he was going home, like he would misplace his house. So maybe he had a lot he, of things he was thinking about. So people, maybe it was Ben Franklin, I can't really quote. No, it was Einstein. Einstein okay. had a really hard time getting a job. So he actually had to start doing um, 
like patent office. He was at, working in a patent office just to pay the bills. And right. so it, you're absolutely right. Like people didn't believe in his, in his cause or in what he, you know, relativity or whatever, you know, right. every, so I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes having someone else, and I feel like maybe it was that generation, like we, the internet wasn't there in the beginning when we first started working and you in 97, it, you know, it was just starting, like email was just starting, you know, do you <laughs> right, remember? Right, right. And so it wasn't like it is now. So in accessibility of other designers to another designer, I think right. wasn't, yeah. wasn't there. And now yeah. kids have a lot of other, they can go on YouTube and learn from a lot of different people. If you don't like so-and-so, you could find somebody with a British accent and they'll teach exactly. you, you know, and, 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 and inbox them. Like, like exactly. when we were growing up, like you was talking about, like, if you wanted to get to a, some, an, an executive, you got secretaries and phone calls to get through. It's not directly emailing the head VP from <laughs> Nike like you could do now. Like, you know, so you had to go through all these layers to get to somebody. Right. So one of the things that I love that you're doing, and I also feel really strongly about this with my alumni, which Alan's here and Carol Ann's here and Paige is here, and they're all my kids. So that you really, once these kids graduate, that's not the end for you. That's not their, um, the end of their time with you. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you think that's important? Because you all, you're forever a student. Like mm -hmm. I know guys who kind of learned Photoshop back when I learned it back. And Photoshop is creative cloud. Like you have to keep staying in this stuff because it's going to keep evolving. And, you know, as you get older, you mature, you have different things on your mind. And I, I just wanted to say like, for the youth that don't have any responsibilities, they don't have any, you know, uh, not a lot of responsibilities, it's just them. Like they can maximize their time to learn because, you know, your ideas come from how much you put into your mind. So you might like, there's three levels to an idea. One is the will, the will and the execution. So the will is your mind and how much information you put in there. So if you're not putting a lot of information in there, cause your mind, it's like a computer and the stuff that you look at, the stuff that you listen to, you're downloading into your mind. So if you're looking at and listening to audio books, lots of them, then you'll have a better idea than somebody else. And then it's just the execution, executing on that idea. So, you know, for the youth, it's, it's new Ubers to be made. It's new Airbnbs. These guys are going to come up with this new idea. So mm -hmm. you got to think about, I think they have to think of like, I'm going to be the next guy that's going to come up with the next Amazon or the, you know, so you have to always, you know, work towards getting as much information as possible and studying these guys, studying Jeff Bezos, studying Elon Musk, and what's their morning practice? What are they reading? What are they thinking? What are they doing on their commute? What are they eating? Like, this is like, this is the mentors that you get this right. information from. Because it's like, you know, you may not be around me all the time, but you could be around you know, me or these guys all the time by getting their books and looking at their videos. Your mm -hmm. mind can't tell the difference between whether he's really there or not. You're really getting this feedback from him. Elon Musk telling you what he's working on. Right. So, so what kind of, do you ever have kids are, that are like, Hey man, I'm just a kid. I just want to have fun. Or are they pretty like, I'm ready. I'm bring okay, it on. I got, I got, I got a beautiful story. Tell this me. week, this week, so I had this guy named Elijah, and he, he loves to come in. He loves to work, and he has a, 
he's really not the best speller. Like he can't really spell. So I tell him to sound it out. So I had, he came in, he's pretty good. He's been coming in for almost like three or four weeks. So I have two guys come in. So we got three computers. I'm sitting at another one. So usually I say, this is our exercise. I go through it and then, you know, I'm going through it. So he's like, can I add this? Can I add that? I was like, wait, first go through my steps and then you can add your stuff. So we go through my steps, usually not a lot, maybe five or six steps. So the first guy, he does his five or six steps and Elijah does his. And the first guy said, oh, okay, I did my steps. I'm done. I was like, okay, he gets up and leave. So Elijah looks at me and says, like, why is he leaving? Why does he continue to work? I'm like, I don't know. You know, it's like he doesn't want to. So he's trying to, it's kind of bizarre because he wants to stay. Mm-hmm. So we was kind of doing some Nike shoes. And I, can I show an example? Yeah, I'm- would love it. And Lisa wants to know, um, and you know Lisa, Lisa Lorik Quine. Um, she wants to know if you have any good audiobook suggestions. Audiobook suggestions. Uh, uh, Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Work Week. Anything mm-hmm. by Zeph Golden. I think I love The Lynchpin. If you look mm-hmm. up Zeph Golden, The Lynchpin, that's almost like my favorite go-to book. So that is, He's good. So we was working on these shoes. Oh, so wow. it's, just, it's, it's basically... Um, taking their favorite shoe, either LeBron or Nike, and adding some paint splash to them and using a smear tool to smear it, okay? So he's working. I look up. Next thing I know, he has Jordan flying across the pa- – not flying, but he had Jordan. He had a fireball in his hand and a sword in his hand. So and, – and you would think, like, people, teachers would probably say, well, he doesn't need to go in – uh, graphic design that much because he can't really spell he has to google his words but when out of all my, even my even my older students he blows them away because a lot of the students just give me the task they don't mm-hmm. take it to the next level and go after you know keep going from you know after the steps a lot of them say i do my steps and that's it well i'm looking for guys like elijah and i'm like i'm kind of sitting in the bed at night thinking like this guy is a genius because he keeps working and he can't I love it that he can't spell. It's like he's special in that way. Like, you know, I tell him, you know, I asked him, was he working on it? He was like, yeah, but I kind of know that those are the kids that get frowned on, they get mm. held back. I was held back in the second grade, and that was an issue for me. And they get held back, but these guys are the geniuses. Do you know that, I mean, um, Steve Jobs, he had a hard time, I think. I mean, a lot of the... Huge entrepreneurs are um, dyslexic, and it's just because they think differently. It, there's some really good. There's some good. I think it's a Malcolm Gladwell book called The Outliers, and yeah. I listened to that one. That one's a really good one yeah. for talking about those people who nobody believed in, kind of, or they did their own kind yeah. of thing, and they shouldn't. If you just looked at, they did, they couldn't spell good, or they couldn't do whatever. Exactly. Do you I think, think? I think. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, uh, uh, the big problem with society is they want us to fit in. They mm. want us to follow instructions and be with the status quo and work the factory. In exchange for the factory, we get salaries and pensions and we stay in line and we don't want to come up with too many ideas. We're in meetings and anyone wants to say anything and input and we like, no, we like, you know, so... Well, that's the kid, that other kid, right? Not Elijah. It's the other kid. He did his five steps. He clocked in, clocked out. Exactly. But, but yep. it's it's pushing further than that. So 
there are times um, when I'm sure you being a dad has given you some extra patience um, that maybe somebody like me who's never had kids, maybe they don't have. Because I can imagine right. at some point I would be like, just try to do something else, right. you know, like, come right. on, buddy. Right. So how do you think that makes, do you think you being a dad um, has made a difference in you having this role? It does. It does. Somebody called me the cool uncle. <laughs> this is the thing that you have to, this is the thing you have, you have to keep in mind is that I'm, I'm really around a lot of kids and I'm only really there to connect to, with the ones that I connect with. Some of them I'll connect with and I don't really pay them a lot of attention. And I think I kind of learned that at the, at first, when you first come in, you're just like, you want to connect with everybody. You want to save everybody. But realistically, everyone's not going to make it. So the ones that's going to make it, the ones that connect, those are the ones I work with. The other ones that, like, I don't care or, you know, I get the attitude and they don't listen. Like, you know, I got a way of um, really not pushing myself on them. I think you just got to be yourself. Like, if it's like a classroom full of kids and you only connect with two of them, then you won. Like, yeah. you know, I, I try to tell everybody, like, if you have one milestone or just one tiny thing that you did, let's just say, like, a lot of us are so rough on ourselves. If you had 20 things you wanted to do today and you did only one of them, you won. You did <laughs> one of them, you know? <laughs> I'm with you. Um, it's, uh, we have a lot of negative self-talk, and I think that we're not necessarily taught that until a little bit later. And I do think right. school plays plays a big uh, a big role in what we're telling ourselves. I love Brene Brown. There's another great book for you, Lisa. Um, but she's pretty amazing. And she definitely talks about, uh, talks about that page said she needs to remember taking the little wins. They really do add up. A absolutely. So there's a picture of you at night with kids taking photos. So it's I not, feel. yes, please. So this is normally after school, after school, it's not that dark normally, right? right? Right. Well, this one is, uh, this is a close friends of mine and they, uh, well, we can still see, Oh, there we go. You can see it. Yep. We got it. Okay. So I love how you're always like sitting so that they're like your height because otherwise you <laughs> couldn't get everybody in the picture. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, these are a close friend of mine. This is his sons. This is his son and his nephew. And these guys are like, you know how you could just kind of tell when I see they work, I could just tell like, man, these guys are like some good photos. Like it's, they're very, it's a lot of energy. So they got the shutter speed up high and you can see wind blowing and, you know, they almost keep me young. They got me climbing fences, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, so they understand that, you know, they was already kind of doing some stuff. So they just kind of needed me. So I take them to the design conference. Who was doing this? Like the design conferences is really for me and you to get inspiration, maybe some college students, but they need to have some 12 and 13 year olds like these guys at the design conference. Absolutely. And then when they come back from the design conference, I told these two, you guys need to raise your prices because you went to a design conference. Like they don't even really know the value that they get. Like they had the design conferences talking to professional photographers about pricing. And I got people like when they see this photo like this, they want to hire them. So they're doing jobs and being able to get some mentorship from me and we just get cool stuff. But it's, it's also, awesome. you're selling hope. You're giving them saying, Hey, you can, this isn't, you don't have to go work in the factory. You don't have to do the corporate thing. You can actually make your own 
um, you and you can start. That's another one of your things that you, you don't have to go to college. I mean, you can go to college, but you don't have to. You can start making money right now. Exactly. That's the most important thing. Because um, when you had this capability, like, you know, I talk about like before, if you wanted to be on TV and be on a, a, a your own reality show, you have to show have to, has to pick you up. We don't right. have to wait for TNT <laughs> to do a special on us. We do our own special. Right. Like most of these guys have iPhones, new ones. It's the best camera on the planet. I mean, you can get apps that can, rec- that can iMovie app and edit and add titles. I mean, it's no excuse not to create content. The problem is, I talk about this all the time, is they consumers still. They consume, mm-hmm. they consume everybody else's content, but they don't produce anything. And I really think like, you know, it's, I think the school in this part of the problem because it's all back to the industrial design. They, I mean, back to the industrial industry. It was all play. The, the, the reason why they sit in the desk for so long is because they wanted them to sit in factories for the same time. So after school, they feel like, well, we don't have to do any other instructions now because school is over with. Now we'll just play, 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 play. Like they, I don't think that they, people understand the urgency of being getting aligned with understanding like terms of shutter speed, transitions, these different apps, being able to look up the right things on YouTube, like looking up, they should know uh, Zeph Golden. At this age, they should know about 3D printing. They should know how to fly drones. Like this is, this is what needs to be done because I mean, what? Like eventually we're going to be flying. We're going to still have a bunch of people walking because it wasn't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Well, one so, thing I, right. one thing I see at a college level is that it, they'll be like, oh, well, I know how to do Facebook or Instagram, and I'm like, but do you know how to do it for a company? Do you know how to promote something so that you actually get engagement and results? So that means somebody clicking and then somebody actually buying. So what's your click through rate? Did are and I love that you're teaching them about content, like creating content, which is what they need to be doing, what we all need to be doing, um, what companies are doing, and kind of analyzing what are you creating that's either helping, entertaining, or inspiring. I think that there's kind of three kinds of content, right? And I think it, something falls into one of those things. You're either entertaining, you're inspiring, or you're educating, right? You're, yes doing something. And so I love that you're teaching that, but that all comes back to design thinking, I think, and yes. creative problem solving. And I, yes. I love that you're putting it back in their hands because they have these tools. Now it's not just, and I do think that's a problem. Maybe you're seeing this in your college kids too, is that they, it's really hard to kind of, where is that line? I'm not a consumer. I know how to use it as, use this program as a consumer, but I don't know how to tell a story. And how do you teach them to do stuff like that? Uh, I just try to wake them up. Um, I heard somebody say, if you don't know who the sucker is in the room, <laughs> nine times out of ten, you're the sucker. So, I mean, these guys get on and, you know, a lot of it is uh, I talk about the mind a lot. So, you know, this this uh, kind of trained and brainwashed by, you know, these dopamine uh, feedbacks from getting hearts and we kind of locking us into, you know, all these advertisements and locking us into our feed and not, you know, kind of following the, 
you know, everyone else. And, and I mean, this has been going on. We all look alike, act alike. Our houses all look alike. So it's like trying to like really shake them up and have them think about another way of thinking about stuff. Um, yeah. Do the, do a lot of the kids that you are talking to, will they go and get a book and read it? Are they, um, or audio book or, because I do, oh, I hear a lot of the things that I hear from you. I hear, I know that you read a lot. So, so this is the thing that I was telling somebody yesterday. I'm at, I'm at uh, a smaller district school. It's called Richmond High School. They have something that's very different from all the other schools. It's called the Techie Hub. So this is a coders program after school. They mm -hmm. do code.org. They do app development and they have like a, computer science program and I'm the graphic design component to come in to match that type of thinking. And I was telling like two young people, I said, you're going, you're going to have a tough time because of your age. A lot of your peers are distracted. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's your main thing is like them. Cause I was telling them like, I got some good guys in there, but as soon as it's time to, you know, as soon as I look away or the other ones start acting up, they fall right in line and start goofing around with them. So I don't, I tell, you know, they're at that age where, you know, it's just going to be a lot of distractions. So, you know, I guess the bigger support system, the better, like, I mean, my kids are homeschooled. Like, I don't even want to send them into school. It's too many distractions. Like, you could have a very pious person and you could put them in a, in a, a corrupt environment. He may you know, influence them to be pious, but it's a high possibility that they corrupt them because mm -hmm. it's so corrupted, you know, so, you know. Well, it's, it's people want to fit in. And so Elijah is really um, standing out as somebody who's different because he really wants, he's passionate about what you're teaching him and he doesn't realize what those, why those other kids are leaving. It's like you're offering ice cream and they're like, no, I don't want ice cream. Like right. to Elijah, right? Right. So um, I do think some of that's patience, you learning patience, and maybe it is just you having, I mean, you have a lot of practice just <laughs> <laughs> doing it, I think. So um, how do you, what are some things that you do to help them start problem solving? And in creative ways? Like how do you introduce that? If somebody wanted to kind of go in, um, I, I would definitely want you to tell how you problem solve being going from teaching the art stuff and you saw somebody else coming in and being a consultant. Right. And then you made right. that switch. So in a way you problem solved um, one of your issue, uh, an issue right there for you personally, but right. how do you teach that? Like, what are some of the prompts? Like if somebody said, Hey, I'm going to do something, I'm going to start doing this with my kids or uh, okay. some of the neighborhood kids, what would okay. you tell them to do? Okay. So the thing is, uh, I, I want to say that the graphic design part, the Photoshop illustrator part, all of that glitz and glamour, I do exposure and show them stuff. That's just really a teaser to get them in. <laughs> and after a couple classes, you kind of know that person. Like you know that person. So then after that, that's when the mentoring kicked. So if you look at my vlogging, my vlogging isn't mostly Photoshop, it's mentoring. So I can kind of know them and know they class and know, know what's going on with them. So it's kind of, you know, I know, like, I have mothers that stop bringing, let their kids come to my class because their homework not done. Like, it's a punishment. Like, I'm emailing mothers like, look, 
I talked to him about his grades. Like I was about to, I was giving some gifts away to the cast and I had a kid who, you know, did a poster design for the Cavaliers. I'm going to take him to the uh, stadium so he can get the cast poster to the Cavs and get some gifts. And this mother like, Oh, he's on punishment. He can't go. So it's like, well, I talk about his grades and stuff like that. So it's, I guess I would say, like, when you get to know them, then you get to, you know, I kind of get on them. Like, why your homework not done? You can't come to class. You want punishment. Like, how are you supposed to go and work for uh, Puma and be the next top guy? Like, a lot of them, like, I give them that entitlement. Like, you're a top designer. You're going to win. You're going to do this. And then I got some of them that's, like, seasoned guys. So now they're missing class. They think they're real good. So now I got to bring them back. I got to humble them back down and say, well, why, you know, this, that, and the other. Like, right. you know, I kind of let them know. Well, you know, I kind of was telling some kid about uh, you a businessman and your mother of all people should be eating out your hand. You should have that iMac. You should have this. You should have all your grades done. Like I let them know, like your mother is not going to let you get this iMac if you're not taking care of your responsibilities. And I let them know, like, look, you don't have anything but homework. You don't have no rent. You don't have to pay no taxes on your house. You don't have no bills to pay. All you got to do is your schoolwork. The rest is on you to get an iPad Pro with the uh, magic pen so you can draw. on. Uh, you know, so mm. so it's just mostly at, at, at the end of the day is mentoring and knowing your students so you'll know what to help them with, what they need, and, you know, you know, so I let them know, like, your mother, paradise is at the end of your mother's feet, lies at the at the at your mother's feet and father's feet. You got to take care of them first and then take care of your other stuff. Right. Well, it's perspective. It's letting them exactly. understand. Exactly. And then it's not about exactly. rebelling. If you want what you, you it's in your hands. It's exactly. letting them take responsibility for themselves. So I, I think, too, is like, you know, I talk about, like you said, perspective. Um, uh, talk about controlling the emotions too so that's a big thing like the teacher getting on them so they shutting down or they mad at their mother or something's going on and you know like you said it lacks that perspective because of their emotions and now they're not doing what they're supposed to do right absolutely and i talk about sacrifice too like it's summer you guys should still be working like it's winter spring break still working it's like it's no not working like you need to hear these things like you know, sometimes it's just me talking to myself. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I try to practice what I preach. So that's a lot of stuff that you see me do, like the memes and the, the designs and all of that stuff is for them to let them know, no days off. Right. Okay, so let's talk about that. You have four jobs. <laughs> right. So how do you juggle that? And why? Um, how is that? the fulfilling part? How is it that you didn't want one, you don't want to take just one that really you feel you need to be in these um, roles? Okay. So uh, it's kind of quite easy because they're not full-time jobs. So um, when I'm teaching at college, that's during the day. And then after I'm done with that, then I teach after school and I just kind of go to different areas during the week. Um, roughly I take Friday off if possible. So I only work from Monday through Thursday. Um, but you're always working, Monday, making I content. Do a lot, I do a lot. Huh? You're, you're right. always working. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. So Sunday I'm kind of doing prepping for the week. 
Um, some of it is I've been doing it for a while. So new students I already have my curriculum for that. So that I've been doing that. that so that's kind of easy. Um, so tell them what all your four jobs are. So you, you teach at, um, at the college and then you also teach okay. at, you tell them like, you. okay. I'll break it down. Okay. So I teach at the junior college. I teach cinematography and exploration to uh, photography. I teach uh, at the Techie Hub where I was talking about. So that's a smaller district school. I'm there twice a week. I've been there for almost a year. I have a consulting job with the Boys and Girls Club where I started with, and I'm at roughly like four or five locations there. And like how often do you do that one? Like uh, four or five locations. So oh, you twice. do two different, how locations many different locations? Yeah, two, two locations a day. So I'm two hours at one spot, and I'm at two hours at another spot, and they may be 20, 30 minutes apart. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, um, so uh, we have a lot of things going on too. So I have guests coming in. Um, I have a spring showcase, winter showcase. Sometimes that's at the Rock Hall Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, you're doing a ton of like um, taking kids places and bringing people in. And that's a whole like you're an event planner. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and that's like uh, not during the times that you're actually touching the kids. Right. And I teach, uh, I got a contract with PNC. They have a location called PNC Fairfax Connections. And it's a, it used to be a bank and they turned it into a co-working space. So they have, it's kind of cool. You can go in there for the community where they, where, they, where they serve and they have laptops you could borrow. They have IMAX. They have the Creative Cloud. The only thing that they was lacking was some cool programming. So they wanted to bring in the cool uncle. So I'm doing like six sessions there during on Saturdays. So, um, you know, I guess once you kind of get your momentum going, everybody's emailing me. I have at least two meetings a week. People want me to be on an advisory board for this. Um, I'm kind of just, I'm spread kind of thin right now. So, so you know, in the future, I'm trying to expand probably in the summer. So expand um, what? expand uh probably have some online courses probably have some assistance right now i'm kind of just running as an llc possibly you know uh switching over a component to a 5013c um uh so because i have some students that kind of come in and i lose contact with them mm -hmm. as far as like education wise like maybe they can inbox me or something but I would like to have some courses online that they can connect with or even have a Google Hangout like this. And, right. you know, they can, like your students are coming in and getting this information, which is cool. So right. I want to probably have a, a component like that so they can come in and still get the courses and get the stuff that they need from now into eternity. And mentoring, right? And mentoring, right, correct. Yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, I got kids that's, you know, they're doing jobs that, for the community right now. So... They drop the ball a lot, but you know, they but keep. they're kids. They're learning. Right. I mean, so right. the, my right. students that are in college, they drop the ball, but I mean, some of them don't. And so they learn. This is a right. good, safe time to learn. You know, right? True. People True. who they're not. People who are hiring them know how old they are and how much experience they have. So some of that, you know, is is part of it. I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, do you have a favorite of the four jobs? Favorite out of four. I was thinking that that's that's the toughest question you're asking me. 
I was sitting up last, you know, I was sitting up the night before and was thinking about it. Like, I, no, I don't. I like them all because they're so different, different mm. ones. Like the college is different, but they still like, you know, they're a little, they need some some guidance and some help. I think the problem with, oh, so, so I went to my college and I haven't been there in like 20 years. And I went and talked to the class. And the issue with the college is that, well, when I did, I kind of got a, a look and feel of the college. So the thing is that my professor, he was like, let me show you my office. It was the same office that he had 20 years ago. So he never left. So that was the problem. Like he couldn't really give me feedback as this is what it's going to be like being an African-American designer in a dominantly white field. And this is what's going to, he just gave me the principles of, you know, layout. He's awesome in designing, but he really couldn't give me like what it's going to be like in the trenches. Like that's what they need. They need to know. Right. What it's like being a designer in the trenches. Like it's Mm -hmm. horrible. Like I don't want to discourage <laughs> I don't want to but it's just hard. It's not super easy for anybody, right? Yeah. So you know, it, in the in the art of war is like knowing your enemy and you know how to approach certain things and you know how to handle stuff. So it's, it won't be such a shocker if you get something crazy because it's like this is what they're gonna come at you. This is how to handle this situation. So when I was talking to the college, I got it on my YouTube channel. When I was talking to them, I was asking them questions like, are any of you guys on LinkedIn? Are any of you guys creating any content at all? And I was telling them like, look, these seats y'all sitting in, somebody sat in these seats last year. They're already out there looking for a job and somebody before y'all. What are you going to do to stand out besides having this portfolio that your professor gives you? I'm like, you guys should like document that whole process. Like, let's just say we take your class. And I screen capture all the work I've been doing for you in your class. Now I have not just some thumbnails to show my potential uh, employer. I have video streams of me processing Mm -hmm. video of me working on this this, this project. So, I mean, you know, I tell people like content is content. Whether you're having a good day, bad day, it doesn't matter. The students need to document and be, you know, kind of – having some type of, you know, content out on LinkedIn. Like my daughter graduated from Bowling Green uh, University. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so as soon as she gets her degree, now she's blowing the dust off her resume. Now she's doing LinkedIn. I felt like all that money we spent at this campus, this stuff should have been like <laughs> two years. Because she's, uh, she's a PR marketing person. Oh, yeah. I felt like she should have had two years of content on YouTube already. Like, this is what's going to differentiate yourself from somebody else. Like, you have a guy like, I mean, it's, you really don't have to come up with too much information. That's the problem. Like, I just had a website, like, before I was looking for jobs as a web designer. I really didn't. I was trying to get over into that field of web design. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of still like a designer, but, you know, we can make up mock-ups. So I did this elaborate website with all these web, I spent like, I don't know how many hours on coming up with this, making myself look like a web designer. I didn't get no bites. I didn't get no hits, anything. Like, you know, uh, so that's why I'm like a heavy advocate of like video because I think that's the strongest. But if you're good at writing, then, you know, we got platforms like Medium. Like we can have like, I feel like you could crush it three ways. Like you can have podcasts coming in like I'm just like we have it right now. 
Right. Like you can have a podcast, you can have writing and video. As a graduate, you're going to crush everybody. Well, it is. It's thinking about it like you selling you is a business and you have to start working at it. If I wanted to wait tables, then I should wait tables, you know, at the beginning, as soon as I can, as I'm old enough to be able to do it, or maybe I'm a hostess first, right? right. But it's, um, I always feel that was a bad analogy, I know, but, um, <laughs> but, I, but I feel, I really feel you. Like I, I tell students that same stuff. I say, hey, you know, where you need to start reaching out. If you want to connect with people in May in two years, right, you graduate in two years, then you need to start right now connecting with people that are in that city that you think you want to live in. And exactly. Skype with them. Ask them exactly. if they'll give you 15 minutes to talk about their job. At least it starts a conversation. And the more you're on video, I think video helps because then you are – um, people see you, they trust you, they're, yes. it's a consistency, so they know how you're going to react. So they yes. already kind of know what you yes. would be like, right? Exactly. exactly. They know they're going to get the beard as soon as that come in through the door. <laughs> that's right. Right. So that's awesome. All right. So I have a couple more questions. I know we only have like six minutes left. Um, so what are some of the, what's the biggest obstacle that you, for you in doing your work, um, with helping kids? Is it resources, times, field trips, events set up? What, what's one of the biggest obstacles? Probably resources. Like a lot of them need computers. A lot of them need the software and kind of the, the, some of the areas I teach are at are not the most ideal. So it's a lot of distractions. The, the computers are not set up like they're kind of in the game room. Mm. You know, when we went to college, the computer lab and the student center was not in the same place. <laughs> no. So this is kind of the situation. So some of them need laptops. So if someone has refurbished laptops or computers, old iMacs, this, you know, or some old software or something, if they want to give it to me, then I can get it into the people's hands. I mean, um, and it could be a camera, right? This doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. have to be, and I put your, um, YouTube channel on, but if you just look up J working, pretty much your J working J A Y W O R K I N G for anybody listening, you're pretty much that on any, is there a certain social media that would be best? So say somebody has a camera or a laptop or, uh, they want to just donate a Adobe cloud, uh, subscription for a year. Um, well, how is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, they can email me or um, I got my website up. Let me see. I'll put that up right now. Okay. I got it. Okay, cool. It's jayworking.com. Yeah, if it, somebody wants to have a conversation and I have a number on there, you could text me and any ideas. Uh, I mean, if anyone wants to, you know, have a conference and maybe I can – send some kids down and come down and visit and, or just come and talk. So if someone has an area that they want me to come and connect with some kids, Diane, I'll come down there if you want me to. I would you love that. that. So I'll come around and talk to kids and, you know, see where they at and get them to thinking on this level. All right. So um, what are some ways that people could do if somebody was thinking about it, what would you, um, and they want to help somebody in their neighborhood, right? So, or in right. their town, what right. would you tell them as the first thing that, that you should kind of look at or think about doing? Jump on Google and see what they have at the library. See what they have at school. See if it's a techie hub. 
Are they doing some coding? Is it any graphic design program? If it's not, then it starts. You need to have that conversation. Um, they have arts, uh, drawings and paintings, but they need a couple iMacs in the corner too. Yeah. You know, um, doing some digital stuff, digital posters and flyers and stuff. Because a lot of companies can't really afford uh, graphic design teams. They're kind of outsourcing all the stuff. It'd be beautiful to outsource all the library stuff to uh, probably somebody who work at the library don't want to hear this, but outsource <laughs> it to the youth who's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some, there are things. So people, students need to, or anybody, it's not just right. students. So, Everybody needs to feel like they're making a difference, I think, right? right? Exactly. And that their exactly. job, it matters. Exactly. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, to sum everything up, it's like work on yourself, work mm -hmm. on your work, and then work on uh, mankind and humanity. So that's mm -hmm. the thing. So you want to build ourselves up. We want to be great creators. And then next we help out. So that's the three things. A lot of us just start, stop at the number two. <laughs> work on ourselves and work on our work and then that's it i get it i get it but you know right. I, I think being a teacher helps to really um keep it in perspective because i think it does really help uh, me to give back but i i think that there's more because there's not it's not just students you have to give back to people that are in designers, I think budding designers really have, they don't really know where their place is sometimes. Yeah. And they, I was talking to somebody today and um, they weren't very excited about their kind of production job. And I was like, well, you know, it's really for a year, you know, do this job for a year. You'll get all the knowledge you have, you can get. And, and right. some people keep production jobs for three years and it could be uh, financially that you have to do that or something. But I really do feel like, people need mentors and it's not just um, while they're in school or while they're kids, kids, you know, like in right. high school or right. middle school, they need it. I, I have mentors now. Right. It could, it might be like Seth Godin, somebody I don't physically know, but right. I listen to them enough that I feel like they are teaching me something. Right. Right. That's a, it's a connection. Like hmm. I can't really, ex you know, describe the feeling but it's kind of a different connection when you really zoned in with somebody and really giving them something, you could feel it. Like I can't really, I think a lot of people need to really give back and try to mentor. When you get that feeling, you want it all the time. Like the only thing that I did was I just show that connection. You could, you could feel it. Like if you look at my videos and you see me really talking to somebody, you could really feel the connection with what we have. And I, and when I felt it, I was like, "Dag, I need to really capture this on video so I can share it." And you want to share one of those? Yeah, I can. I can. So. No, that's the wrong one. Hold on. People can go to your YouTube channel and watch this. They can follow you on Snapchat, Google, um, Pinterest. You're everywhere. Um, LinkedIn, <laughs> right? Instagram. Right. It's right. Okay. I'm going to kind of fast forward this. Oh, I got it. Kind of wrap up the semester grades, door, and teaching after school. Yo, what the homework ain't done? You don't know what, bro. You, talk, you act like you're a businessman and don't know how to work your hand with your mother of all people. She should be eating with your hand. Like, let me get this boy this stuff. Let me see. Look. What's going on, bro? Is, is, it, is it when you ask for something? The first thing, 
You didn't do this. Exactly. <laughs> this is the thing. If she do everything you want and you don't do what you're supposed to do, you ain't gonna never do it. A hater is a teacher that don't like you. She don't like your attitude. So she's not gonna give you, she's gonna give you a C instead of giving you a B because she don't like you. You got you got to take your emotions out of it and look at it as, as a game. It's all strategic. It's all moves. It's all thinking ahead of the game. It's thinking on a macro level, not a micro level. You may not like the teacher. You may not like the class, but she don't need to know that. You got to learn how to play the game. They're going to hate and have to stand in the way because you got to look at that iMac. That's only $150. Where's the other crew at? I need to do a I need, Are you serious? Chest is trash. So, uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, so, so then that, how do you film that? Do you have somebody else? I mean, how are you filming that? Oh my gosh. I know you're tall, but your arms are not that long. Yeah, it's a lot of work because I'm moving the camera around. Um, you know, the new cameras have Wi-Fi, so I can kind of check the composition with my phone. Um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work because I got a, a lavalier mic on some of those older ones. I mean, some of those new ones. Because my audio was kind of, uh, it was kind of bad. So if you look at my older videos, I would just put a camera up in the corner. But it's not as personal as these. Mm. So I started bringing the camera in closer and moving it around. And, you know, I just kind of record and I just see what I get when I get home. So I see what I get when I get home. And then I kind of just make a story from that. And uh, so sometimes I, 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 can, I can really feel... Like I'm about okay, I feel something coming. I'm about to I'm about to say something cool. So then I'll move the camera around. <laughs> I just That's, kinda I kinda but it's practice. Yeah. But yeah. it's practice and that you're doing it daily. Right? right exactly. Yeah. It's not just on Fridays or on Thursdays when you're it's your content creation day. It's right, that you're right. doing it regularly. Right. So it's part of your DNA. I think everybody mm -hmm. needs to do that. Because everybody has a story. So everybody mm -hmm. should be recording and get comfortable talking in front of the camera. Because if you never talk in front of the camera, when somebody gives you a shot of a podcast like this, you're going to, you know, not be able to, it may be a little uncomfortable. So you need to get comfortable in front of the camera. Yep. That's true. You know what? As a kid, I used to talk to myself. Of course, I still do actually in the mirror. <laughs> I know my parents probably were thinking, what is wrong with that kid? She's in the bathroom just to talk and not, nobody else is in there. And I didn't have a phone. Well, Jamal, I'm so glad. Um, so I want to make sure that people know that they can still help a, a kid today by um, for, for tomorrow, teaching them about um, creative careers. And it's bit.ly or slash DR for design recharge hyphen Jamal. Cause it was easier than the long event, bright one. So, um, J A M A L it's a hyphen and then J A M A L. All right. But then I'm going to go ahead and share your other ways that people can connect with you. And again, definitely everybody go and check him out at jworking.com. And then also definitely check out his YouTube. He's always doing something. He is, um, one of my favorite sayings on your website that I saw was, um, I'm six five or I have kids standing on my shoulders and I'm six five. Right. Right. And I right. love that. Of course right. I would have loved, I would love to stand on your shoulders too, <laughs> but I just love that analogy and that kind of, um, that you're really lifting these kids up and I, and I just love that you get down on the ground with them, which <laughs> I think is really important also that you're willing to kind of 
meet them where they are. But I also think it's really realistic that I'm really kind of glad that you shared this is that you can't reach everybody. And I think, yeah. I think there's a time for everybody, but right. sometimes people are right now. And then sometimes people will be in three years and then sometimes right. people will be in 10 right. years, but you just got to keep trying and giving them the opportunities. So I'm glad that you shared with all of us a ton of ways that we could connect with you. Thank Hopefully you. if we want to help you, if we want to, if we have um, old cameras that we're not using or we have a, a refurbished computer or whatever we can donate. All we have to do is go to jworking.com, email you or get in touch with you. Yes, and then yes. you would be happy to take that stuff off. But that is definitely something equipment is something that people that you are needing yeah. regularly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then you also are doing speaking engagements. You're coming yes. to creative South. Yes. Can't wait. You start the day, I think on Friday, you're the first speaker. Right uh -huh. of the whole conference, <laughs> I think so. I haven't looked. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at everything. Uh, spring break. So spring break is next week. I get some time to check it out. So yeah, I well, can't I, wait though. I can't wait. I'm. I'm I can't wait excited. either. It's really fun. You haven't ever been, have you? No, no. So the thing is, I don't know if people are aware of. I was supposed to be on a ticket last year. Yep. A crazy storm hit the Midwest. <laughs> And it was a trickle down effect and it threw off like it canceled like thousands of flights and I wasn't able to fly out. So when it even so I'm glad I it had, happened. I had gifted the um my I always buy a ticket and I had gifted it to somebody in Miami. So Miami shouldn't have had a problem, but he also couldn't make it up. He has wow. the same issues sort of as you. They closed wow. things down. He was at the airport for eighteen hours. Wow. So I remember they showed the video of you saying, <laughs> Hey, I'm so sorry I can't be there. But you know what? I just feel like that's it's another thing. This is your exactly. year. Like exactly. this is this is the one. So exactly. I know a lot of people were looking forward to hearing you last year. So now they're coming back and they're ready for you yes. to kind of kick off the whole conference, yes. I think. So I'm so first? I think so. That's cool. It is. That's so cool. Scotty was first um okay, yeah, one year. And so he got a standing ovation. Um, you you heard Scotty speak. He's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my guy. And then Aaron Draplin. So it was that, that year, those were the only two people who got standing ovations. Oh, and I was okay. like, go, Scotty. So, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. I, I can't wait. It's not at 8 in the morning, anybody, or anybody who's listening who's going. I know Amy's going. Alan's going. Um, I, Lisa, you're going because you're teaching a workshop. So but those are, you know, the, they're, they've switched it so that the workshops are not until, right, or right. the speakers right. aren't until like 9.30 or something. So. Right. Shout out to Lisa doing her thing. <laughs> yep. And she'll be on in two weeks on a Tuesday. So all of March is kind of crazy. Um, and Jamal, thank you so much again. So next week is not on Wednesday. It's going to be on Monday. So it's, um, uh, Lisa Glanz and she's in South Africa and so it's at nine in the morning okay. my time central time and then it's so eastern it's 10 and if you're in California it's at 7 a.m. yeah so yeah, that's awesome that I have a I have a whole Cle I have my Cleveland crew that yeah, pretty much yeah. has taken up my yeah. march which I'm really excited for so that's awesome thank you again thank and you I'm so glad. I can't wait to see. I hope you yes. guys will join us at Creative South. And I am looking for volunteers. So if anybody wants to volunteer, I know, Will, you said you were going to volunteer. And um, um, 
send out those emails so I'll remember to listen in. I will for sure. Um, but anybody who wants to volunteer at Creative South, if you're not going already, it's a $197 ticket. So it's $210, I think, with tax. And you give me six hours, you might could be backstage helping helping Jamal get his mic on and stuff. So yeah, there's, some, <laughs> there's some there's some cool volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it'll have to be somebody taller than me. I don't know if I could <laughs> anyway, thank you. And I can't wait to give you a hug when we're get thank when you. we get thank in yes. Georgia. Yes. Yes. All right, guys. I will see you on Monday.